I'm Olivia Kroos, and I read The Long Walk by Stephen King. I'm Maddie Clough, and I read How to Hang a Witch by Adriana Mather. So my book, The Long Walk, was basically about 100 boys who were voluntarily put into this race so that it was their choice to be in the race. And the goal of the race is to be the last man standing. If you drop under four miles per hour while walking, you get a warning, and three warnings, you'll get shot. And so we basically follow the main character. He His last name is Garrity, and that's how he's referred to in the book. And we follow him and how he interacts with the other boys in this race and how everyone's going insane because you can't take a break. There's no food. There's no water. And you just want to be the last man standing. And it would be kind of crazy knowing that, like, basically, if you want to win, everybody around you that you've made friends with the whole time, everyone's just going to be dead. And it's just kind of a messed up kind of situation and so if you're in the crowd because all their family and friends are watching um in the crowd if you interfere with the race like by running into the road or like trying to distract them you'll get a warning it's the same warning system three warnings and you're shot or you're just like rushed away and you can't really participate um and so Yeah, that's the basic, just how the race works. And then obviously you're going to want to win because a prize is everything you could ever want. So whether that be like all the food you want, money, house, car, whatever, that's what the administrators of the race would give you. And so, yeah, that's the basic idea of my book. Okay. My book was um, about this girl and her name is Samantha Mather. And she and her stepmom, Vivian, moved to Salem, Massachusetts because her father is in a coma, and he was moved to um, a town in Massachusetts to, for the hospital to work with him. But she moves to Salem, and this is where her ancestors lived 300 years ago. And she is descended from Cotton Mather, and he was the one who um, kind of started these witch trials, and he killed these witches and people in Salem. But Salem, Massachusetts is very overprotective of what happened in the witch trials. And they like their history and they like everything being correct. And there's pe- a lot of people there that are descended, exactly descended from these, um, these witches that were hung in the trials. So no one really likes her family and because of Cotton Mather who hung them. And there's a group of kids and they're called the Descendants. And they're exactly descended from these witches that were hung in the first place. And so they basically make um, Samantha's life a living hell. And they threaten her in many ways. They throw a rock in her room and it says die. And so she, when she first gets to Salem, she is very surprised at all this hate and things because she knew about her ancestor Cotton Mather, but she didn't know he did all these terrible things. So when she gets there, she believes that she is cursed. She has believed this most of her life, but ever since she got there, horrible things are happening in the town. People start dying, and people start to blame it on her because she's a mather, and they want to. But, um, yeah, and it's basically mean girls, but with witches, and it's like a high school drama with witches and a lot of history and stuff. Okay, so we're going to be talking about the major lessons that can be taken away from each of our books. So one of the major, the first lesson we're going to talk about, the major lesson in my book is don't interfere with something if it's not your concern. So in my book, this plays a role because people in the crowd 
try to distract or help the runners of the race. So, like, there was one guy, and he felt bad because you're not getting food, water, a break, or anything. So he was trying to help the runners of the race and give them watermelon because you need food to live, obviously. And he got shot and by the administrators of the race for interfering. And then the kids who took the watermelon from him all got a warning. None of them were shot because it wasn't their third warning, but they got a warning, which would be obviously one straight closer to death, so that's obviously not a good thing. Another example of this interference was when one of the mother of Garrity, the main character, she felt bad and she was trying to run into the race to help get Garrity out because when you're in, you're in the race. There's no leaving. You're either going to die or you're going to be the last one. There's no in between. And she was trying to get him out of this race even though that's obviously against the rules. And so she got rushed away from the crowd and couldn't participate in watching them anymore. And the final example of don't interfere if it's not your concern is there was a lady, uh, one of the family members that didn't mention whose family member it was, but she had a dog and they were in the crowd and the dog ran into the race and the dog was just shot and left there and the lady was rushed away. So the main thing you can take away from this is if it doesn't affect you or if it shouldn't be your worry, if you can't do anything about something, you shouldn't get in the way of it because things are just going to happen how they're destined to happen. And if you can't control it, you shouldn't try to. Okay, yeah, my book kind of brings another kind of view on that, because my book, um, interfering with something that they probably shouldn't interfere with, kind of leads her to finding all this stuff about the history of Salem and her family, because when she first interferes with something she probably shouldn't have interfered with, it's her history teacher assigns her and her friend Jackson um, something about the Salem witch trials, and they choose to discover the place of the hanging, and for Salem... The place of the hanging is very um, almost sacred place. People really not worship it, but they look up to it. It's this gallows hill or something. And they find out that it really wasn't this gallows hill. They do all this research. They look into um, they look into Samantha's um, past and her family's past. And they find out that it's this, actually there's Walgreens has been built on top of the place where it was. And they don't really tell anyone. They write about it. They turn in their history, but the history teacher might not take it as seriously. But this interferes with the town's history, and they're almost changing this big part of the history. Another one is she interferes with the balance of Salem. Salem has always been the descendants or the kids who are descended from the original witches that hung. They're almost royalty. People look up to them. People respect them. In the hallways, when they're walking, kids will part the hallways like the Red Sea. They part for them. And everyone really respects them. And then the Mathers, Samantha's family, people say they're crazy. They do not respect them. They don't make contact with them. And when Samantha comes to this, or Salem, she she's this firsthand because people are very disrespectful to her. They blame her for things. And she's kind of... Um, interfering with the balance of Salem, like I said, and people start to die, and then people start to blame it on her, on her, because when people start to die is when she's arriving in town, and so when she's trying to figure out why these people are dying, she assumes it's her curse, but she meets this boy, and his name is Elijah, 
and he lives in her house because he's basically a ghost and he's lived there for years and years and this was his house when he was alive and he helps her to find out all about this curse so while she's trying to find out about this curse she goes and talks to the descendants and like I said before this is a, this is disturbing the balance of Salem because the descendants and Mathers aren't supposed to be friends they are supposed to hate each other because of what their ancestors did but in order to find out this curse she has to talk to the descendants and so they have to figure out together what is going on in this town and it's a very important part of the book because talking to the descendants kind of leads her to this conclusion of what exactly happened then in the witch trials and what the history is getting wrong. Uh, the main thing is that if you interfere with things that you shouldn't, like Olivia's book, it could be a bad thing. You could die or bad things could happen. But in my book, it may lead you to conclusions or different things that you didn't know before. Okay, so the second lesson in my book is don't get in over your head. So the boys in my book and how they're interacting with their friends are slowly going insane like you would assume they would. Because after however many hours it takes you're of no sleep, you're going to kind of go crazy. And no food, no water, no anything. So basically... The boys obviously would start to regret putting themselves in this situation because it is a voluntary thing. Because the the prize is everything you could ever want. And immediately you'd be like, hey, I kind of want that. I'd want to be rich. I'd want a fancy house. I want a fancy car. But when you're actually walking the race, you realize, wow, I actually might die. Because towards the end of the book, um, Garrity, the main person we follow, he decides, you know what, I'm just going to give up. I'm done. I want to die. I don't care anymore. And so he approaches the last person because he just, he gave up. He got in over his head. He didn't realize how bad it would be. So he approaches the last, because there's only two people remaining at this time, him and the other guy. And he approaches this guy and is just like, you win, I'm done. And then the other guy just drops dead, leaving Garrity the winner. But because he's going so mentally crazy, he's hallucinating other people, realizing, or think not realizing, he thinks there's other people, and he's in over his head, he thinks he has to keep going, even though there's, he won, there's no more, and so, basically, the general idea you can get from this part is, think about it before you make any huge decision like that, because in the book, it's, it's a huge decision, it's a life or death matter, so you're gonna want to make sure what you're doing, you actually want to do it before you decide to do it. So, is the end of the book, does he keep walking past the finish line, or how does that work? There's no finish line, it's like an inf infinite road around. Oh, so once it's everyone dies, it's over? Yeah, and so at the end, a car drives onto the road to, like, pick him up and be like, hey, you won, wow, congratulations, but, um, he thinks it's an interference, and, like, oh, the okay. car is gonna leave, and he... How basically the book ends is he's seeing a hallucination, a guy like 20 yards in front of him still walking like a black figure. And he, the last line of the book is, and I somehow, or it's not in first person, it's, and he somehow found the courage to run. So he wanted to like get past the guy and get up there and tell him, you know what, I'm about to die, I give up. But in reality, it was all in his head and he'd actually won. Okay. So it's kind of like an elusive ending, but he did end up winning. Okay, yeah, so kind of like getting over your head. For my book, um, 
Samantha gets over her head as soon as she arrives in Salem, researching all this stuff. Like I said, with the interfering, she is interfering with the balance and the curse. And so when she gets over her head with the curse and the people of Salem, she has to go confront this person or this lady who is actually causing this curse. And the lady turns out to be her stepmom, Vivian. And this Vivian, she is not exactly a ghost, but when she died, she became this sort of spirit. And so for 300 years, she has been trying to resurrect Elijah, her fiance. Elijah was the ghost that was helping Samantha find out all about this curse. And so throughout the book, everything kind of leads to this moment at the end. And near the end, she Elijah disappears. And Vivian, the 300-year-old woman, is in this house in the woods. So Samantha has to go to this house. And in the house, there are four of the descendants. There's only four of these descendants left right now. And they're all standing on stools. And they're in the position to be hung. So they have ropes around their neck and they're all kind of in this trance. So they're not exactly awake. They don't know what's going on yet. And the whole town's looking for them. But Samantha knows they're right there. And she confronts her stepmom, Vivian. And Vivian basically became her stepmom to get close to her so that she could eventually get Samantha to help her resurrect Elijah, her fiance. So this whole time, everything's been leading up to Vivian trying to resurrect Elijah. And so Samantha has to kind of do the opposite of what her descendants would have done. And she practices witchcraft in order to win this. And there's this big fight scene at the end. And it's between her and Vivian. And she is fighting for herself, Elijah, and the girls that are almost about to be hung in the background. And so once the girls wake up, because Samantha is using these different kinds of spells to weaken Vivian, and the girls have to help um, Samantha. And they all are kind of fighting Vivian to stop this curse. But once she enters the house, she knows she's gotten on and over her head because she sees her friends there standing on their stools about to be hung. She's almost hung and it's almost a traumatic experience for her because there's all this horrible stuff going on in her life. And she's, like I said, getting in over her head. Okay, your turn. Okay, so the third major lesson that I want to talk about in my book is just kind of perseverance and not giving up because that's kind of a given in a race, the fact that you don't want to give up. But the fact that in this race, the prize is huge. It's everything you could ever want. And that can be taken a lot of different ways. And so that is like a huge prize that obviously you'd want to work towards that rather than just like a first place trophy or something you would get in like a realistic race. And another huge factor of that is the fact that if you do give up, if you do stop persevering, stop trying, you will die and there's no way avoiding that. So I think this all kind of leads back to the second lesson of 
the book Don't Get It Over Your Head because the fact that it's such a huge, like, life or death determining factor that, like, it's it's a lot for, like, your family and everybody around you. I just feel like, personally, if I were in the situation, would not want to enter the race just because it is such a huge, like, toll on your life. But the guys in the beginning were describing it as, like, they think they're strong enough, but when you're actually running it, you're just kind of like, wow, I really shouldn't have done this. And so don't give up. It's just what you get out of this is don't give up because you could take this into normal life. Like, let's say you're writing a paper or doing an English podcast like this. (laughs) It's just kind of like you got to get it over with. You want to do your best to get through it, push through. Um, And you just kind of want to do the things to the best ability you can and get in the race. The goal would be to be the winner, obviously. And English podcast be to get a good grade so you just your goal you just want to reach your goal in the end and not give up and my main or my last point is there might be more than to the story than you think like oh um (laughs) gotta speak louder sorry um so there might be more to the story than you think so like the history of Salem and trying to figure out the curse and things she wants to get both sides of the story before she can exactly evaluate what happened then and she once she does she sees the story in a different light and she knows how to handle the situation um this relates to real life because in drama or conflict you may only see one side of the story or what one person is telling you and you have to come confront the other people that are involved in this drama before you can form an opinion or um, so you want to get both sides of the story before you like decide on yeah, how you feel or about it. Form a proper way to deal with the situation yeah. or even get involved. And like the people of Salem, they only see one side of the story. They see the hanging and what horrible things the Mathers did. So they bring that down through generations of hating the Mathers because they only see one side of the story that they were bad. And the Mather family has always fought to almost see themselves as good or try to get back the trust of Salem and in her breaking this curse or this cycle um she's almost doing that with the descendants who are there and this changes her viewpoint on everything and then like most mystery stories everything comes to light in the end of the story and all the dots kind of connect and she almost changes the story so the more to the story thing is that you may have to invest or look into the story in order to change it or see the story in a new light. And, yeah. Okay, so now we're just going to kind of, like, conclude, wrap it up. So my story was kind of, I would say, more suspenseful than anything. Stephen King is known as, like, horror story kind of writer. And this was more, I would say, suspenseful than anything that and kind of a thriller because you never really know what's going to happen next because people are like dying right and left everything is just going down so quickly and there's just like a lot to take in all at once and so I would recommend this book for anybody who would want to read something that like you're going to be on the edge of your seat the whole time 
like, I caught myself, like, I'd be like, okay, today I'm going to read to chapter five. But then I get to chapter five and I'm like, oh my God, I need to know what happens next. I need to know, oh my gosh, he, is he going to die? Is this going to happen? So then I found myself just reading more and more wanting to finish it just because you're left on the edge of your seat after like every chapter. Yeah. And I would recommend my book to um, almost an older audience because in when I first read the trailer or watched the trailer for the book, it said it was proper for kids like 12 and up. And it, the, during the last scenes with the hanging and the fight scene, it is kind of violent. And her story is probably more disturbing than mine, but it was a little shaking almost. But yeah, I would recommend it. It was confusing. And I did, when I sat down, I did read more chapters than I was planning to read, but it was a good book overall. Yeah, yeah mine was like, I would recommend an older audience as well, because it did get a little bit confusing, and it was hard to piece together. Mine was not what I expected it to be. Yeah, mine, there's a lot of twists Mm -hmm. that I didn't expect. Yeah, and mine, I did not expect there to be real witchcraft, and there did end up being real witchcraft at the end. So yeah, it it was a good drama, though. Yeah. So yeah, that was our books. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. Thank you.